Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning. Morning, those of you that are watching online, glad to have you with us as well. Uh, we're excited. This is one of those ways, and Cherise said that, man, we just get a chance to, to touch people that we will never, probably never get a chance to meet and uh, maybe get a chance to see them when we uh, get to heaven. But man, thank you for being a part of this. Uh, if you happen to forget your box, like a family with the last name Fincham, uh, you can still bring it this week. We got a few more days. So if you need to drop it off on Wednesday night, we'll get it where it needs to go. Uh, and, uh, and so I think we have, we have a few more days. And so, uh, or you can go online and you can actually do your box online that way. So there's a couple options. Well, before we dive into uh, part three of our series, Counterculture, I wanted to just let you guys know that today, for those of you that are new to CityWalk, or maybe you uh, have been coming for a little while, but you haven't gotten connected, and you're like, man, I just want to find out what's that first step? What's that first step, the best and most easy step that I could take to start to connect a little bit? Well, the best and first step that you can take is go to Intro to CityWalk. Uh, Intro to City Walk is about a 45-minute uh, time together. We provide lunch. We provide child care. It's an opportunity to, for you to hear a little bit more about the church, to get your questions answered, to connect with some of our team. And so that's right after the service, about 15 minutes after the service. We do it once a month. And so today's the day we do that. And it'll be over in the fellowship hall. And so... Uh, that's something that you can get involved in if you're, if you're new to City Walk, Or maybe, like I said, you've been coming for a while, but you haven't connected. Great first step for you to take. So uh, this past week, and if I'm a little giddy this morning, it's because the Bucks already won. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you can get up to preach and your team in Germany has already won. And so they already won this morning. If you're a Seahawks fan, I apologize. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, not really, though, actually. Not really. Uh, but this past week, we had a really, really good week. Kind of a busy week around church. So last Sunday morning, we had uh, just a really good service last Sunday morning. And then last Sunday night, we came back. A lot of us came back, and we had a kind of a special meeting and a gathering with some of our uh, what we call bridge builders. And so I remember when I was leaving, it was like a week ago, I was leaving last Sunday night after a you know, great Sunday morning, after a really good time with some of our volunteers on Sunday evening. And I said this to somebody. I said, man, today almost felt like old school church. And I kind of laughed about it because, man, it was like, you know, did the Sunday morning thing, and then you came back on Sunday night. I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is like a potluck lunch in between. And some of you know, some of you remember, uh, if you grew up in church, some of you remember, you know, you got up in the morning and you did, uh, you, you went to Sunday school, 
and, and which, why, why we call it school, I don't know, uh, but you did Sunday school, and then you, then you stayed for church, and then you, you came back for choir practice, then you had evening church, and then sometimes you had a couple meetings in between. It was like the marathon Sunday. Some of you are like, that's exactly why I never went to church back in the day, <laughs> because of that. And, and what the worst part about it was, if you were a dude, you, 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 like, you had to wear all the clothes you hated and were the most uncomfortable clothes in your closet. That's what you wore during your marathon Sunday. So, man, a guy, you'd wear that suit, that tie. Ladies would wear the heels and the dresses. And it was like, man, all day Sunday. And, and, and that's just the way it used to be when I grew up. And some of you, they're like, again, that's why I never went because of all that. And maybe you grew up like me and you were, you were in the, you know, that was just the way it went. Or maybe you were like the, the kid that family wasn't involved and you looked at the people that had to wear uncomfortable clothes and be at church all day and you thought, wow, I like watching football and sleeping in on Sundays, but God bless you guys. Whether you were the, the people that were involved in church a lot as a kid or whether you were somebody that that just wasn't part of your rhythm, wasn't part of your life. Either way, you probably have an opinion of, about what the church is and what the church should be about. So even if you find yourself, even now, if you're like, yeah, I'm not really, I'm, I'm here today, but I don't go a lot. Or if you're one of those, like every single Sunday, you don't miss a Sunday, whether you grew up in that or not, Probably most of us have an opinion about what the church is and about what it should be about. And this is one of those areas, and we've been talking about it the last few weeks, this is one of those areas that culture's voice has a lot of influence on us as far as how we view the church. And for some of you, based on kind of what you've, you've learned from culture and kind of the voice of culture, you may view church, and you may not, you wouldn't call it this. But you may look at church kind of like a social club. And I don't mean that in a terrible way, but, but here's what I mean. It's basically a place for you to hang out with a few friends. You get an opportunity to network with some people. It's, it's an opportunity for you to kind of check the box of being involved in kind of a nonprofit. That's just, and so for you, it's, that's kind of the box you've put church in. And part of that's the, what culture tells you. But for you, you kind of look at this thing as, yeah, it's just kind of something social that I do. I connect with some people. I do some, some nice things. I'm involved in, in some charitable things. And, and so that's kind of how you look at it. Maybe you would say, you know what, how I look at this thing is based on kind of what culture says is I look at church kind of like a spiritual building. It's the spiritual building and there's a few of these around each city and, and, and I feel like, you know what, I, I probably should visit this spiritual building it's, as long as I don't have anything else that's more important on Sunday. I try to get to the spiritual building a few times a month. Uh, it's a place where, you know, I, I, I want to get my kids in there. I obviously, I don't want my kids to like go off the deep end. So I, we try to get our kids to that spiritual building a few times, you know, each month. And, and, and it's something that we're, when I go to that spiritual building, I hope the guy up front that yells for 45 minutes, like gives me a, a nugget or something that I can like do something with, maybe something that'll make my life better, some thoughts, some good thoughts. And for you, you, you may say, you know what, that's 
kind of how I see it. That's kind of culture's view, and, and that's kind of how I've seen it, and kind of eases my conscience to get to that spiritual building a few times a month, and you might see it that way. And, and, and then there's one other thing. And again, as we think of how culture and its views impact how we see the church, you might see the church as just an uncomfortable place. I mean, for you, whether it's because you've been hurt by the church in the past or, or because you have a, a past yourself that you're kind of ashamed of or you, you just don't feel like you fit in. And so you, you look at the church kind of like you look at a funeral and a doctor visit. It's like I go to them once in a while when I have to and it's kind of part of life. But the quicker I can get out of there, I'm, the happier I am. It's not something I, I like to be at. It's, it's, I go because I have to once in a while, but it's not something that is a place I really enjoy, and it's a place I, I just frankly don't feel comfortable in. And, and here's the thing. It's not really important that our view of the church fits with culture, and culture would tell us all of those things I just said, and, and there would be other things that culture says about the church. It's, but frankly, it doesn't really matter if we agree with what culture says, but here's what does matter. Does my view of the church fit with what Jesus said? Culture can have a, a ton of opinions, and it does about a lot of things, including the church. And you can buy into those things, or you can kind of leave those things, and, and that's kind of your thing, and it's up to you. But, but what really matters is it, as far as relationship with God is, does my view of the church fit with what Jesus said? Because Jesus talked a lot about the church. And in fact, in, in the book of Matthew, he, Matthew was one of those guys that wrote down a lot of Jesus' life and a lot of what he said. And, and Matthew writes down a, a conversation that Jesus had with his followers that honestly they didn't get until a long time after. And he made a really audacious statement about the church. And it says this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and, and maybe you've heard this. Jesus said this, he's talking to his guys, and he says this, he says, I will build my church. And when Jesus said the word church, he wasn't talking about a cute building with hopefully halfway decent coffee and comfortable seats. When Jesus talked about, when he used the word church, he was talking about a group of people, a group of called out ones is what Jesus was talking about. He says, I will build my church. I will build a group, a movement of called out people. I'm going to build it. And then he says this, he says, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. He, so basically he says, the enemy's greatest weapon, death, even the enemy's greatest weapon is not going to be able to stop what I'm going to build. Nothing's going to be able to stop it. Jesus is basically saying, hey, I'm about to start this unstoppable movement of called out people that will bring good news and will bring hope to the world. And here's the thing. After Jesus said this, he's talking to his disciples. They don't get it. And you'll find that a lot with Jesus' disciples. As he's talking to them and he's like dropping great truth and, and things about the future, it usually goes over their head. 
And that's what happens here. So Jesus says, he says, I'm going to build my church. And, and the gate of, gates of Hades, Satan, it, nothing's going to stop it. And then a few kind of phrases later in the same conversation, Jesus says this, which doesn't make sense based on what he just said. He says this. He says, from then on, Jesus began to point, point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and be raised the third day. So Jesus has just said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build this unstoppable movement. And nothing, not, not even death's going to stop it. And then he, then he starts talking about suffering and he starts talking about hey i I gotta go and i'm gonna be killed and peter who's kind of the the guy that speaks and says what everybody else is thinking in the room when jesus says this he's like jesus what what do you mean well what do you mean suffer what do you mean be killed this is just this is not gonna happen this is not how it plays out Because Jesus' guys, they didn't get the build my church. They didn't get movement. They didn't get the called out one thing yet. What they were thinking was, Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem. And he's going to take over politically. And and they're thinking that type of thing. And so for them, the idea of suffering, be killed, that wasn't part of the winning political strategy that they were hoping to be a part of. And so when Jesus said this, it just went over their head. And they're like, no, we're not. That's not what we signed up for. We didn't sign up for suffering and being killed. We signed up for you go into Jerusalem, you take on Rome, you win, and you set up your kingdom. And that's what they're thinking. But here's the thing. Shortly after Jesus said this, not many days later, He would go to Jerusalem. But instead of being crowned king and setting up a kingdom, he would be rejected. He would be tortured. He would be humiliated. And ultimately, he would die a brutal death by being crucified. And his followers, including Peter, when this happened, were a mess. None of them believed anymore. They were afraid. They didn't know which side was up. They they weren't waiting for Jesus to rise from the dead. I mean, this was like the ultimate gut punch for them. It it was over for them until something happened. Something happened three days later that changed everything for these guys. See, three days later after they had been afraid and kind of given up and none of them believed, three days later, this same Jesus that they had seen killed and tortured and crucified rose from the grave. And it changed everything for them. And Luke, who was a doctor and a guy that wrote another historical account of Jesus' life, he writes about Jesus as the the risen Jesus, and he writes about how the risen Jesus helped start the beginning of what we know as the church. 
And he writes in a, in a, in a book called Acts. And here's what Luke says about the risen Jesus and the beginning of this movement that Jesus predicted called the church. You can look up at the screen. It says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 3. Luke says this. He says, after he, talking about Jesus, had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs. This word proofs right here is the only time in the New Testament it's used this way. And here's what it means. It it means when it talks about proof, it doesn't mean hearsay. It doesn't mean, hey, hey, Jesus rose from the grave. I just want you to know I saw him. it It wasn't that kind of proof. It was, hey, I ate dinner with Jesus. I touched Jesus's hand. It wasn't, I heard Jesus rose from the grave and that's why it proved it to me. It's, no, we watched the game together. Jesus and I had dinner. Jesus and I, like, we were together. We touched him. We hugged him. We ate with him. We, we know he rose from the grave because we were with him. And, and, and Luke, he's telling us this. And then he, then he says he, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And, and he spoke of the kingdom of God. And and so what happened is after Jesus rose from the grave for 40 days, he appeared to, in some cases, up to 500 people at one time. He ate with them. he, He hung out with them. He taught them. And then at the end of those 40 days, he was about to go back to heaven and he was, he was going to leave earth. And the last thing that he said to his guys, to his followers, to the people that would take the baton and move this thing forward, we find in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's the last thing that Jesus said. He said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. This word power, this is supernatural power that you will be given for a specific purpose. He says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses. This idea of of witnesses is, hey, you're going to tell people the truth that I've taught you. You're going to tell people what you have seen, what you have heard, what you have witnessed. You're going to pass that on to other people. And he says, I I I want you to start in Jerusalem. So basically, your neighborhood. I I want you to take this power that's given to you and 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 all that you've seen and heard, and I want you to tell your neighbors, your Jerusalem, your city, but, but then he says, I want you to then go into all Judea. And Judea would be, man, not, not far away, same, similar culture. But hey, start in your neighborhood. And then after you get done telling your neighborhood, man, go to the rest of your city, the rest of the people that are like you. But then he says this, but then I want you to be witnesses. I want you to take this to Samaria. I want you to take this news, what you've seen, what you've heard, and I want you to take it to people that aren't like you. I want you to take it to people that are of a different culture. I want you to take it to people that you might disagree with or you wouldn't normally hang out with these people. I want you to take it to them. And then he says, I want you to take it to the ends of the earth. I think we have a a picture of, of Israel. 
And you can't see it great, but basically if you look towards the bottom of it, that Jerusalem is right, right where my finger is. And so Jesus says, I, I want you to start in Jerusalem. But then Judea is this whole kind of tan area. Once you're done telling the people on your street, I want you to take it to the, the, the whole city. I want you to take it to the whole city, all the people that are like you. But then when you're done with that, I want you to go to Samaria, this, this section that's blue. And these are people that, honestly, you're not huge fans of, and they're not huge fans of you. In fact, you guys don't get along well. Different culture. I want you to take it to them too. But then he says this, and we have another map. I want you to take it to the ends of the earth. And for these people, this was basically the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire, it was, I mean, it was huge. Rome itself was 1,400 miles as the crow flies from Jerusalem. And, and he says, I want you to take this message, what you've seen, what you've heard. I want you to tell your neighbor. I want you to tell your city. I want you to tell the people around you that aren't like you. But then I want you to take this and I want you to take it to the ends of the earth. I want you to, and to these people, it was that Roman empire, to the, to the ends of the Roman empire. That was the world to them. And, and so here's what, what happened. So Jesus says these last things. And for you, think about it. A lot of you, at different times in your life, have heard last words. Maybe it's not the last words that someone said, but it's the last words that you heard them say. It was a loved one that passed away. It was just different scenarios, but, but you spent some last few minutes with that person, and then you didn't ever see him again. And for you, you don't forget what they said last. You'll never forget it. Because last words, they, they seem to take on even greater meaning because they're last words. Like, could have said anything, but they chose to say this. And for these guys, this is this. Is this. this is what, basically what's happening. Like, Jesus could have said a lot of things, but he chose to say this with the last few phrases that he said before he left earth to his guys and the, and the ladies that were following him. And so it's in this moment, after they've heard these last words, and after Jesus has just given them a vision of kind of what their life should be about in the future, it was in this moment, as Jesus said these words, that these guys and gals had a decision to make. And here's the decision. Would they keep the good news to themselves? Or would they obey Jesus and spend their life taking the message to the world? And the thing is, we, we know what happened. See, history tells us that about 2,000 years ago when this conversation was had, that these followers made the decision to take the good news to the world, and they took the good news to the world at great personal expense to themselves. And I'm not talking money expense, I'm talking their lives. Most of the followers of Jesus that Jesus gave this command to, that he said these last words to, most of them died excruciatingly painful deaths because of what they had decided to do, take this message to the world. 
They didn't play it safe. They didn't play it easy. They took the good news to the world at great expense to themselves. And, and as you read through the book of Acts, and I encourage you to do that. As you read through the book of Acts, you literally see how they did that. You, you see how they started in Jerusalem. And then by the end of the book of Acts, you see them taking the, the message of Jesus to the ends of the Roman Empire. And, and, and these, these people that, that started as a, a, just a small group of followers of Jesus that today is literally billions of people over the last 2,000 years. This first group, as you read in the book of Acts, they were, they were known for some things that I think was the catalyst to the power behind their movement. One of the things they were known for as this young group of people that were obeying Jesus is they were known for their hunger for God. It says in Acts chapter 2, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. These people in this, this young movement, they didn't know what we know. They didn't know that 2,000 years later that there would be billions upon billions of people that had followed Jesus. All they knew is that their life was at stake today. And what would they do today? And these people, one of the things that, that really characterized them was they had this deep hunger for God. They spent time, they gathered together because they were hungry to learn more about God and to grow. They, they were also known for community. They were known for, for spending time together. They knew they needed each other. This is, this is a world where being a follower of Jesus is not popular and in many cases can get you kicked out of your family. This would be like being a follower of Jesus in a, a Muslim country where, man, when you decide to follow Jesus, you also decide to be kicked out of your family. A lot of these people experienced that. And so there was community. They, they, they gathered together in houses. They spent time together because they needed each other. They were known for irrational generosity. They, they looked at their stuff differently. The scriptures say in verse 44, it says, Now all the believers were together, and they held things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed them, the proceeds to all as they had need. Because these people, when they followed Jesus, some of them lost relationships, some of them lost business, that this young movement of called out ones, they, they just looked at their stuff differently. And they sold their stuff and they, they, they met the needs of the other people. It was just part of what they did. For them, they, they thought, because Jesus had said it, hey, Jesus had said, hey, I'm going to be coming back. That They didn't realize that it was going to be a couple thousand years. They thought, hey, it might be this weekend. So for them, they just looked at stuff differently. And so they were known for being, having this hunger for God, this, this focus on community, and then this like irrational generosity that literally, you, you see, if you read through the book of Acts, there were days when thousands of people joined. Like, not, not, not like 10 or 15, like thousands upon thousands of people were joining this group daily. Because of what they saw, these people, what, what these people were committed to. 
These people were also known for, for just courageous movement. I mean, they, they literally did what Jesus said. They started in Jerusalem. And then they courageously took this good news, what they had seen, what they had heard, what they had experienced, and they took it to the ends of the earth. And, and you can read, just, just Google, like, hey, how did the disciples die? How did Paul die? And what you're not going to find is they did not die in a cozy bed in a hospital somewhere. You're going to read about brutal deaths that many of them faced. But, but they, and you can read in Acts. They're literally like, hey, we're not really concerned about ourselves. We're concerned about getting this good news out. And if it costs us our life, that's okay. Paul said it this way, to live is Christ. To die is gain. I win either way, he's basically saying. If I live, I get to spend time doing what Jesus told me to do. If I die, I get to be with Jesus. It's a win-win. Courageous movement. Because they were convinced that people must know the good news. It wasn't a, man, if we feel like sharing it. It was, no, eternity's on the line. We got to get the good news out because our Savior told us in Matthew chapter 16, he told us, he said, the game's already won. He said, I'm going to build the church. Nothing's going to stop it. Not even the gates of hate. Like, you're on the winning team. Man, the, the trophies are already picked out. Just, just do what I say. I'm going to build this thing. You just do what I told you to do. And man, you're, this thing's going to succeed. And though they, when they first heard Jesus say this, they didn't understand it. After Jesus left earth, and after they began to do what Jesus said, and after they saw God work in just crazy ways, they started to understand and, and, and here's the thing, kind of back to where I started. No matter how you were brought up, and maybe you're watching online or you're here this morning, and no matter how you were brought up, no matter what view of the church you had, no matter you know, whether you looked at the church as, as kind of like a social club or this spiritual building that you had to really like get dressed up for to go to, or whether it's for you been a, just this uncomfortable place that you, you know, go when you have to, but man, you're excited to get out as soon as possible or whatever. You, you might view the church in a really good way, but, but no matter how you view the church, the question that, that we kind of lead back to is this question. Do I view the church the way Jesus did? Jesus told his disciples, hey, I'm going to build this thing and nothing's going to stop it. And then they were a part of that exact thing happening. And so the question is like, do I view it the way Jesus did? So two answers. You probably already know what they are. One is no. Just be honest. Maybe you're like, you know what? Not really. I don't view the church the way Jesus talked about it. I don't view the church the way kind of I see it played out in the book of Acts. Like for me, 
church, and, and you're like, I, I probably wouldn't say this out loud, but for me, I kind of look like at church, like kind of that social thing. Or maybe it's that spiritual building that I, I got to get to a few times a month just to kind of ease my conscience, and I don't want my kids to go off the deep end, so I try to get them at, in that spiritual building a few times. And, and for you, you're like, that's the box I put church in, and I'm not really interested in changing it. And so if, if that's true, just be honest. Like, You'd say, no, I don't really see the church the way Jesus did. I I see it in these certain ways, and maybe it's the culture has kind of told you what to think of the church, or maybe it's some bad experiences you've had in the past, and so you say, you know what, this is the box I put church in, and, and even if Jesus says this, I'm not really interested in changing. So no, I don't really view the church the way Jesus did. Or, or maybe you would say, yes, yeah. I get it. Church isn't a building. It's not a building to me. I I view the church as as a community, as a movement that has the opportunity to be Jesus to the world. I I see the church as this movement and community that I'm a part of, that Jesus started. That that for us here, man, it's it's about us taking the good news to Yuba Sutter and the Western United States and the world. And, And for you, you'd say, yeah, that's exactly how I see the church. I don't show up to church because I feel like I have to be in this certain building for, to, you know, to check a box or to kind of ease my conscience. No, I show up because this is my community. This is a movement that I'm called to be a part of. And, and I want to take the good news to the world. And I don't want to do it alone. And so I lock arms with my church. See, for us, this, is, this was at the heart of why CityWalk Church even started it started about four years ago because God placed a burden on the hearts of a group of very imperfect people. And he placed this burden on the hearts of these very imperfect people. And they were just burdened that more people needed to get the good news. They had been impacted by Jesus They had seen Jesus work in their family. They had seen Jesus work in in, in their own lives. And they just, they they were imperfect people. And they just said, man, we've got to help other people experience this. More people need to know. And that's really what was at the heart of this thing starting. And really, instead of holding the good news kind of to themselves, this group said, we just got to get the good news out like people have to know and since that you know about four years ago over 50 people have said yes to Jesus over 50 people have been going one direction spending eternity in one place and have placed their faith in Jesus and are now following Jesus one of the people that just recently uh, made a decision to follow Jesus was a guy by the name of Mike. And you, you guys, some of you know Mike. Mike started coming to church because his girlfriend invited him. There's probably some others of us in this room that'd be like, yep, that's why I started coming because of a pretty girl. Uh, but, but Mike started, he started coming because of a, a girl in his life. I remember the very first time that Mike came. In fact, when we did our morning huddle kind of with our team, he sat in about the third row with with his girlfriend. And man, he was leaning in day one. He was out there greeting people. He might have greeted you on on his first day. 
But, but Mike, he, he grew up in a kind of a Catholic home, and he, he grew up in a, a home where it was, man, there was a lot of religion, but there wasn't a relationship with Jesus. And Luke, our, our young adult director, and, and Mike had lunch, and I asked Mike if I could share this. They had lunch a few weeks into Mike being here, and, and Luke had the opportunity to just really explain to Mike that, man, this thing isn't about religion. It's, this is about a relationship with Jesus. And Mike kind of caught that. And he became a follower of Jesus. And then just a few days later is when you see this picture. He wanted to go public with his faith. He wanted other people to know that he was a follower of Jesus. And before he was baptized, just like we do with every one of our baptisms, we have the person just write out a little, little testimony of how they became a follower of Jesus. And Either we read it or we let them read it. I don't even remember who read it that day, but, but here's what Mike wrote. He says, before I knew Jesus, I felt very alone and lost. It seemed as if no one cared about me, even to the point of deba debating self-harm. My parents are religious, so I felt I always knew Jesus, but I realized I really didn't know him until I sought him after some traumatic personal experiences. And then he says this, kind of to close his testimony. He says, since accepting Christ as my Savior, I have learned to be optimistic and full of hope. And I remember, this was just a few months ago, where Mike, when Mike got baptized. And we could literally spend, and we won't, but we could spend all afternoon here into the evening and talk about story after story after story, just like Mike, where people have, whether it was parents, kids, have come to a place in their life where they were done with religion, they're done with trying to do it their own way, and they said, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And here's why. A big reason why is because a bunch of you see the church as much more than a building. You see it as a movement. And you see it as an opportunity to get the good news out. And that's what's been happening over this first four years. And here's the thing. And here's what's exciting. More stories are being written. And there will be a lot more stories written in the future. There's going to be a lot more baptisms. There's going to be a lot more stories of I was going this way. I was hopeless. I was thinking about self-harm. I was going through a tough time. And somebody told me the good news. And it changed everything. There's going to be a bunch more of those stories. There's some of those stories happening literally this week at City Walk because of a bunch of people that don't see the church as a building or a social club or something where I can come and be comfortable, but they see it as a movement, as a community of people that are given the opportunity to take the good news because more people need to know, which is why in this next season, there's two opportunities that we're going to move towards as a church because we really believe that people need to know. And so we're going to move towards two opportunities that I want to tell you about. The first one is this. We're going to plant a new City Walk campus in Marysville in February of 2024. And so over this next year, 
we're going to be putting together a launch team. We're going to be doing a bunch of community events in Marysville. This next year, we're going to do a sports camp. This next year, we're going to do a pumpkin party in Marysville. We're, we're going to do a bunch of other things, just like we did in Yuba City four years ago before we started. We're going to look for a facility. We've already started to. That would, could house a, a church building or a school or a community center. We're going to look for a building and then we're going to take that launch team of people. We're going to train them. And then in February of 2024, we're going to start a brand new church in the city of Marysville because people need to know about Jesus. And for me, several times over this last year, because I've known we're going this direction, I've thought, as I've experienced my small group, as I've experienced what happens in the youth ministry here, as I see what happens, I've literally thought this, we got to take this for, more people have to experience this. More, More people have to experience what I see happen in my small group. More people have to experience what I see happening in our youth ministry almost every single week. More people need to, to experience that. And it's not about city walk. It's not about any of us individually. It's about Jesus said, take the good news to people. And if you do, nothing stops you. So we just believe that. And so we're a toddler as a church. But we're not going to wait till we're all grown up, until we're 10, 15 years in. We take what Jesus said seriously, and we're going to take the good news to the next city. And then in a few years, we're going to take the good news to other cities. This is what we're going to be about. In order to do this, it's going to cost us over this next two years, we're going to have to raise, for this project alone, we're going to have to raise $150,000 above and beyond what we already take in. So above and beyond what our tithe is, we're going to have to raise additional money so that when we start this church, that the funds are there to do it. And so that's one of the opportunities that we're going to move towards that we believe God's leading us to do, not so that we can have another place to put our name on, but so that we can take the good news to more people because people have to know. Second thing, second opportunity that we're moving towards is this. We want to move towards securing a permanent home for CityWalk Church in Yuba City. So we rent this space. This this has been a great space for us. In fact, the church here has been so gracious to us. But because this isn't our space, there's just certain things that we can't do. There's certain, because it's not our space, so there's certain ministries that we'd like to get involved in, there's certain things we'd like to do, that just because it's not our space, we're not able to do it. And so we feel very strongly that we need to move towards positioning ourselves in a way so that we can have a permanent location here in Yuba City. And if we do, here's what it'll let us do. It'll allow us to expand our ministry to students and children. So you're sitting in the youth room right now. So basically what we do is we take that pipe and drape in the back and we put it like after row three or four and this becomes our youth space. And, and, and what's, here's what's hap- been happening. Our youth, spa- our youth group has grown from about a year and a half ago, about seven to ten kids, to many weeks over 40 students. Just right in this space. The sky's the limit to reaching students. 
And so we want to we have a, a home for them where they, there's a, a space that, that we can use to reach. And we'd also like to do, do things like we'd l- like to offer our city like after-school tutoring for free for kids that need help. We would love to have a couple days a week where CityWalk provides after-school tutoring for kids that need help with reading or math in different areas that, that maybe they can't afford it in another way and, and it would be just a, something that we provide. We want to be more involved in the homeless ministry in this area. We want to provide some more uh, access and some help to foster care families. We would love to host events to just love on foster families. We would love to host events uh, to, to help in this homeless thing. We, and you guys know this maybe about our city, but we have, there's a ministry called REST. Where, where REST uses different church buildings to house homeless people throughout the year. And we would love to, man, take our building and say, hey, for these two weeks in the year, we'll be the church. We'll, we'll, we'll love those homeless people. We can, we'll house them here. The, these people that, man, they're trying to get on their feet and, and, and they're just, they just need a place to stay when it's 40 degrees or 30 degrees and, and churches are stepping up to the plate with their facility and we want to do the same thing. So, so things like that. Also, if we have our own facility, we're, and we're already doing this, but having our own facility will help. Man, we want to be a place where we are training church planners. We want to be a, a, a place where we're a church planning residency, where people that have a heart for the Western United States and a heart for church planning can come here, spend a year to 18 months with us. We train them. We, we send them out and help them start churches all up and down the West Coast. And, and so we feel like, man, our, the vision that we have really moves us to getting our own space. But not only does the vision, but we're on a time clock in this facility. Because this church actually voted to, they, they're going to be getting rid of this building and they're going to be building another church. They have a school in our city. And so they want to get all on one property. So they're going to be getting rid of this building in the next few years, and they're going to be relocating. And so we're, we're going to have to either buy this building or we're going to have to something else. And so that's another reason we want to move towards this. And so in order to do that, what we have to do over these next two years we need to raise an additional $225,000, and that will put us in a place that allows us, you're like, man, that's a really cheap building you're going to buy with that. No, no, that would put us in a place to make a down payment or lease a space long term, but that'll put us in a position so when doors open, when an opportunity happens, which we've already had two come through that we just didn't have the funds to move into, when the next door opens where there's a facility that we could move into that would be a great permanent home, that we're in a place that we can move towards it. And so for us, over this next two years, buildings are not our goal. For us, telling more people about Jesus and inviting them to follow him is what we want to be about. And buildings just become a tool. And so if you're here and you're like, dude, I'm visiting today. I knew you guys were all about build, like money. I just I always thought that about the church. And I come here and you're like, so this is a little different. This is a family talk. So if you're, you're new to this church, like we don't, like we, this isn't what we do every single week, but this is a family talk and you just are sitting in on it because for us as a church, we're, we're moving towards some things 
that we think are going to help us reach more people. And this is part of what we're trying to do. And so in order to plant a church in Marysville and then position ourselves for a permanent home in uh, Yuba City, over these next two years, we're going to set out to raise a total of $375,000 above and beyond what we already give. And if we can do that, it'll put us in a position to start a new church and be in a permanent home as a church here in Yuba City. And so maybe you're, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, Chris, so how are we going to do that? Like, like, what do we do? And here's the thing. We're, like I said, we're still a toddler as a church ourselves. And so for us to see both of these things happen, everyone that calls City Walk home is going to have to be involved. It's going to have to be involved. We're going to have to be involved in two ways. We're going to have to be involved, number one, in praying. Everyone that calls City Walk home, if you're watching online or if you're here this morning or maybe you see this later in the week, Every single one of us has to commit to say, yes, I'm going to pray for my city. I'm going to pray for these goals. I'm going to pray for what God's called our church to do. We, we have to commit to pray. And so over this next 21 days, we're going to start a 21-day prayer focus. When you leave, you'll get a, a brochure and it'll have the 21-day prayer focus in it. When you go to our website, you'll be able to click on a thing that just says, people must know. And there's a whole website with all the stuff I'm talking about. There's a playlist for this campaign. There's the 21-day prayer thing. It's all there right on our website. But we need everybody to just to commit to pray. But then we also need everyone to commit to give. Above and beyond what we normally give. And if we do, we'll be able to reach these. Over this next two years to say, hey, what can I give above and beyond what I already give towards this campaign, that's what it's going to take. Over this last month, I asked our leadership team, I said, I want you guys to, they've, they've known about this for the last month. I said, I want you guys to pray about this. And I want you guys, I want us to be first in our commitments. And so as of last night, the, the, the leadership team here has already committed the first $21,000 over the next two years towards this campaign. There's seven churches from Atlanta to Florida to Texas to Las Vegas that are also, I've, I've literally sat down with most of them. I took a trip and saw them, told them about this, and there's seven churches that are praying. We should hear from the first one tomorrow. They, every single one of them want to help with this, and they want to get involved with this. They love the vision. They love what you guys have, have over this first four years have done. They want to see more of it in this area. And so they're saying, hey, we're, we're, we're going to get involved financially. And so there's seven churches that are going to help. And there's a few more that I'll be talking to. And so I want to encourage you. And I know this is a lot of information. And if, again, if you're visiting or you're watching online, this is not normal. But this is just something that today we wanted to share I want to encourage you to go to the website, our church's website, click on People Must Know. You'll learn a lot more about it. When you leave today, like I said, you'll get a, a brochure and it'll have a, a commitment card in it. It'll be a brochure and it'll also have a, a prayer guide in it for the next 21 days. I want to encourage you to get involved, to lean in. The next kind of big day for us is December 11th. 
Sunday, December 11th is the day that as a church, I'm, I'm, I'm asking everybody that's part of City Walk to take this next month and pray. And then on December 11th, to turn in your commitment card to say, hey, over this next two years, I want to be a part of helping with this. And just you, you'll be able to write it and share how much you want to be involved in it. Or you can do that online. There's a spot. And so that, that's what's happening over these next couple years. And yesterday I, I heard this phrase, and I'll, I'll end with this. It was a podcast that my wife asked me to listen to. If you know my wife, her love language is podcast. She loves pod. If, you, if she shares a podcast with you, that means she loves you. Uh, and so she loves me a lot because she shares a lot of them with me. Uh, but, but here's one of the phrases, and I thought it was so apt for what we're doing. The, the, the quote was this, obedient risk fast tracks growth. Let me read that again. Obedient risk, fast tracks, growth. And I don't mean growth in more people. I mean personal growth. When we step out obediently personally, and I step out in faith in an area, and I have to depend on God, it's a fast track to me growing in my relationship with Jesus. And as much as I'm excited about these two goals, and I really do believe we're going to hit these two goals what I'm as excited about is every single one of us that gets involved is going to grow personally because we're going to say, God, hey, I'm going to commit this. I'm going to get involved this way. And God, I'm going to depend on you over these next two years. And I'm going to see my prayers and my sacrifices over this next two years. I'm going to see fruit and that's going to help me personally follow you better. And so that's what we're going to be about over these next two years. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that we can even be here today and, and talk about these things. Lord, we can talk about these things because you've invited us into a relationship with you. You've invited us into not just a relationship with you, but you've invited us into be involved in helping other people into that relationship. And Lord, as a, as a church, as a gathering, we, we want to say yes to that opportunity. We don't want to be a place that we just come and we're just comfortable and we, we just make this a social club. We want to be a, a hospital, not a social club. We want to be a place where people, that no matter what their background, no matter what they've been through, that they feel safe to come and investigate you. Lord, we want to love the people in our community that, that most people don't love and most people don't treat well and most people don't care for. Lord, we want to do a better job at that. And so, God, I pray for each person that calls City Walk home, whether they're here this morning, whether they're watching online. God, I pray that you would work in our hearts, that you would lead us and guide us in this next season. God, I pray that you would provide the wisdom. I pray that you would provide the direction. I pray that you would provide the resources that we need to do what you've called us to do. And God, we're so confident that when you call, you provide. And so God, we're saying yes. And we're asking that you would step in. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Chris, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. I'm a follower of Jesus, Chris, but man, I, honestly, the if I'm honest, uh, the way I kind of view the church, it's kind of been like a spiritual building. I try to get my family to once in a while or a, maybe more of a social thing. But, but Chris, for me, I, I know that's not Jesus' view. And, and man, I just want to lean into Jesus' view. And, and, and it's not about a building. It's about a community and a movement. And so if that's you, just tell God that. Just tell him. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with God. I hope that this morning that you've heard the heart of Jesus. That Jesus would go to such great lengths just so he could have a relationship with you. You may be sitting there or watching online and you say, Chris, how would I start that relationship? Well, it's real simple. Are you willing to just in your heart this morning admit to God that you're a sinner? Just tell him, God, I, I've disobeyed you. I've done things my own way. Just tell him. He already knows. And then just tell him, God, I, I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. And then just invite him. God, come into my life. Transform me. I want a relationship with you. Just tell him. If you're here this morning or watching online and you'd say, Chris, this morning I, I made a decision to follow Jesus. I, it, just in my heart between me and God, I, I talked to God. I told him that I believed in Jesus, that he died and rose from the grave for me. I, I told him that I wanted a relationship with him and asked him to save me. If you did that this morning, would you just, right in front of you, there's a card that just says decision. Would you be willing to just maybe take that out and write down kind of your name and the decision you made? Put it in the offering basket on your way out. We would love to call you once this week and just celebrate with you, answer any questions you have. If you're watching online and you've made a decision to follow Jesus, you can just go to citywalk.cc and you'll see that same decision card. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for calling us out to a life that isn't about ourselves. It's not about what we can do or what we can have, but it's about a movement you started. And the baton's been given to us. Help us to run faithfully in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.